Hello and welcome to the Weekend Wrap for the week on Wednesday. I am your host, Ben Davison, and it is always a pleasure to be with you at the end of your weekend. I hope you've had a good weekend wherever you may be around Australia, whether you are in lockdown in Melbourne, in Sydney, or now Greater New South Wales, the ACT, or if you're enjoying the relative freedoms and protections of being in Queensland, WA, South Australia, the Northern Territory, or Tasmania. Of course, to our international listeners, I wish you a very fond hello as well. So much has happened here in Australia since we last spoke on Wednesday. I want to give a particular hello and thank you to any listeners we might have in Poland. And I'll get on to why I'm singling you out for special praise shortly. Of course, the first thing we have to discuss is COVID-19. It continues to ravage Australia. New South Wales is now tipped to go over the 7,000 active cases mark. Another record day of cases today, following a record day of cases yesterday. Unfortunately, four Australians have died in the last 24 hours from COVID-19. There are hundreds and hundreds of active cases in the community. These are people who have COVID-19, and whether they know it or not, they have been actively engaging with others. There is no question that the pandemic in New South Wales will continue now for many weeks to come. It is an absolute disgrace. Gladys Berejiklian's government has failed to control this outbreak and has failed to show the kind of leadership and base humanity, forget courage, base humanity that is required from our leaders. While Dan Andrews fronts every press conference to announce a lockdown, to take every question, Gladys Berejiklian takes the other path. She did her press conference at 11am yesterday morning. She pushed back on the notion that there needed to be harsher restrictions. She pushed back on the idea that more of New South Wales would need to be locked down. She pushed back on the idea of the Ring of Steel, as she has done for many weeks. Then, by five o'clock, all of New South Wales was in lockdown, as National Party MPs in the New South Wales Parliament started putting announcements on their social media channels. And finally, Gladys Berejiklian was forced in a humiliating, humiliating display to issue a media release via Twitter announcing a lockdown across all of New South Wales. In all of my time involved in politics as an observer and active participant, I've never seen such an act of political cowardice as the one Australia witnessed yesterday. Throughout the pandemic, Gladys Berejiklian has hidden behind the power of the federal government and Scott Morrison's overarching umbrella to pretend that somehow or another her government was doing well. Well, the reality is they are not doing well. They've never particularly done very well and they've never put the interests of all of Australia at the front of their mind. People will remember the Ruby Princess. New South Wales got off relatively easy as a result of the Ruby Princess debacle, a failure of both the federal government and the New South Wales government, two liberal governments who were more than happy to help each other avoid responsibility for what became a massive outbreak across the country, impacting the hardest hit states even harder. 
as people returned to Victoria from their cruise, they brought with them COVID-19. And in 2020, Dan Andrews, among ongoing pressure, severe criticism and daily attacks by the Murdoch press, held his ground and did what was required not just for the people of Victoria, as painful as it was for us, as difficult as it was for us, but for the whole nation of Australia. He imposed a lockdown. He imposed a ring of steel. He refused to allow the virus to spread, not just to spread here in Melbourne or in Greater Victoria, but refused to expose the rest of the country. Victorians did their bit in 2020, while New South Wales refused to take responsibility for the Ruby Princess at all. And as that buck got passed backwards and forwards to this day, no government minister from either the federal Morrison government or the Berejiklian New South Wales government has resigned over that particular scandal. In fact, the only government minister in any government in Australia who's resigned in any way related to COVID was the Victorian Health Minister, Jenny Makakos, who resigned as a result of the hotel quarantine issues. Here we are, 18 months later. New South Wales, once again, is ground zero for an outbreak in Australia once again, believes that it will be able to skirt through, that it will be able to skate over the top of the rest of us. And here we are. 25 cases in Victoria today, two in the ACT. Brisbane has had lockdowns. Cairns has had lockdowns. Adelaide has had lockdowns. Tasmania is now looking at how it can prop up many of its failing economic sectors, knowing now that it will be many, many months before Australia is able to function properly again. And still, still, Gladys and her government do not take responsibility. They do not take responsibility, and the Morrison government continues their protection racket, partly because they are also to blame. Their failure to roll out vaccines has seen needless Australian deaths and many hundreds of needless hospitalisations. There is no doubt that had the Morrison government taken up Pfizer's offer in mid-2020 to provide all of the vaccines we could possibly need, we would not be in this situation. At $20 a vaccine, the Morrison government decided that was too expensive. Now today, he's deliriously happy that Poland has provided us with a million doses of Pfizer. Now, if one assumes that Poland paid $20 per vaccine to Pfizer for those in the first place, one can only imagine what Poland, a country that is not yet fully vaccinated, will be charging the Australian people for that million doses. Perhaps money, perhaps some other form of diplomatic currency. Either way, the Morrison government has failed, and this somewhat pathetic global beggar that Morrison has turned Australia into is on the verge of collapse. Not the kind of total collapse we've seen in failed states, but the kind of collapse that says we've lost faith in our leaders. Emotional, psychological, and frankly, social. 
Gladys Berejiklian should resign. There's no question about that now. Scott Morrison should resign. There's no question about that now either. They have failed to manage COVID. They have failed to manage the vaccine rollout. They have failed the Australian people. And yet, they will not take responsibility. Their ministers will not take responsibility. They instead will continue to blame the Australian people, suggesting we're somehow doing the wrong things, suggesting somehow that if only we would get vaccinated more rapidly, despite there not being enough vaccines, then they wouldn't have to have lockdowns at all, and that lockdowns are somehow our fault. The reality is they have failed us, and now they are trying to blame us. There's no question in my mind that one of the big distractions of this week was the attempt to have a conversation about whether or not employers could mandate vaccines. This came about because one employer has tried to do so. Now, the reality is there are not enough vaccines for every employer to mandate that every employee needs to have one. But more to the point, and I take Sally McManus, the leader of the Australian Union Movement, our sponsor's point on this, because it's a good point. There are not enough vaccines. Up until Thursday, Friday, people in New South Wales who had to have a test and isolate were not provided any financial support. These things have been won by unions now, but resisted and resisted and resisted by the New South Wales government. Imagine allowing an employer who only has casual workers to tell those casual workers, you have to go and get vaccinated. Oh, and if you have any side effects, that's coming out of your pocket. Absolute economic chaos. We need to be putting in place the supports that allow people to get vaccinated. Time off, paid vaccination leave, paid time to recover from vaccines incentives, and of course, availability. These are all things that other countries are doing. These are all things that are available. But of course, the Morrison government refuses to take responsibility. It doesn't want to have to do the work of government. But business cannot be government. We cannot allow every employer to pick and choose who will be vaccinated and why. There needs to be clear rules about this. There needs to be government leadership about this. And there needs to be consultation with workers and with business owners. I want to give a quick plug here to our supporters, Australian unions. Australian unions have set up a podcast called On The Job. And as you know, myself and Van and everyone involved with The Week on Wednesday are all about creating a fairer world, a fairer workplace and fairer communities. And that's why we love listening to On The Job. It's a podcast all about making your job and your working life better. It's hosted by Francis Leach and Sally Rugg. And On The Job is all about the world of work and how working people are getting organized and making a difference, making a difference in their own working lives and the lives of other people. Occasionally, 
occasionally Sally and Francis will talk about Sally's cats, Francis's record collection. The man has an unbelievable collection of music. Uh, and I just, if you ever get a chance to talk to him about it, I really suggest you take it up. But it is mostly about work. It's called On The Job. It's made by Australian unions, made by workers for workers, and it's available wherever you got this podcast from and also on thejobpodcast.com.au. And you should check it out. It's really well worth a listen. Talking about making things fairer and supporting people, we need to talk about what's going on in Afghanistan. We were at war in Afghanistan for 20 years. I don't need to tell you that. Everybody knows that. What you might not know is that the Taliban is on the verge of takeover all of Afghanistan. They've been fighting behind the scenes the entire time. And in recent years, as the US, the UK, Australia have pulled out our troops, the Taliban has surged and taken over more and more of Afghanistan. The last couple of days have been Independence Days for India and Pakistan. And today, Afghanistan, another country in the same region with a very similar colonial history, it's really important that we remember that our allies are in danger in Afghanistan. The men and women and the families of the, of the people who helped us are being targeted by the Taliban. They are being murdered in their homes and in their streets. They're being made examples of to frighten and terrorise others. We have a responsibility as a nation, as people, to see our allies who stood by us, who risked their lives for us, to see them safe and to bring them here to Australia. I can't imagine a better neighbour than someone who was prepared to risk their life for democracy, who was prepared to put their safety in the hands of someone they'd never met, who came from a country on the other side of the world. So strong was their belief in democratic principles. We need more neighbours like that. We need to bring our Afghan allies to safety. We need to bring them here and we need to do it soon. Now, unions have had some big wins this week. Of course, Canberra went into lockdown on Thursday. Many of the politicians then stuck in Canberra. But New South Wales, unions in New South Wales have been fighting to get testing and isolation payments for workers in New South Wales for over two months, the whole time really of the pandemic. In the last two months, Thousands and thousands of workers across New South Wales have been forced to make a decision about whether they go and get tested, whether they isolate, or whether they put food on their table and pay their bills. And lo and behold, New South Wales' outbreak has continued to get worse and worse and worse. Hopefully, hopefully, the implementation of this new program, this program that already exists in other states and territories, in Victoria, in Queensland, in other places around Australia, will help curb the spread of COVID in 
New South Wales. And I want to give a big shout out to every member of every union who's been fighting for that. Australian unions are still fighting for paid vaccination leave to become a right for all working people. And it's something you can support if you go to australianunions.org.au. Australian unions are our sponsor and we're very proud of that fact, as you can tell. That's it for the weekend wrap. A bit of a long one this week, but as you can see, a lot has happened and it's going to be another huge week. There's talk about the an extension to the Victorian lockdown and who knows, who knows what will happen next. But remember, standing together, we can make things better. We may not be able to stop the virus just by joining our union, but we can make sure that people who need payments to go and get tested, to isolate, get them. We can make sure that we're treated fairly in the workplace and that bosses can't arbitrarily decide who gets a vaccine and who doesn't. Being in your union is how you make change. And you should listen to On The Job with Francis Leach and Sally Rugg. Listen to them talk to working people, to decision makers, about how we go about making those changes happen. It's a really great podcast, onthejobpodcast.com.au. And you can hear them talk with people about how Australian unions are making a real difference with working people every single day. Now, whatever comes our way between now and Wednesday, when Van and I will talk with you again for the week on Wednesday, please remember to be kind to yourself and to each other.